everyone. Welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast. And this is part two of a conversation between myself and Don talking about uh, big boy events and uh, what we think of them. If you haven't listened to part one, go ahead and listen to that first and then come into this one. So obviously these things are big hookup places, right? But aside from that, do you find it's easy to meet, like just meet generically platonic people there that you form long-term relationships okay, with? Okay, good. So yes, very yes. I mean, obviously hey. I, well, I mean, let's think about it. I, I meet a whole lot more people at an event than I have sex with. Well, one would hope. Jesus. Yeah, exactly, right? I'd, I'd be very curious of a scenario where that's reversed. Like, I'd be... <laughs> I, I think it should be filmed. Really. Um, yeah. I do know some chasers who have, you know, who who run their schedule like a train. And <laughs> people get on, people get off. There are timetables and blah, blah, blah. Um, these people went on to found their own event, actually, because they found themselves so successful, they decided they need their own event. And that was also very successful. Wow. Um, I give no names. Good for them. So, yeah, good for them. But the point is that the event is many things to many people. And for some, it will be purely social. There are even some couples who go that are monogamous and don't hook up with anyone. Or maybe we'll take a third. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, there are some couples, and this is their only weekend together for which all the rules are off. It's utter pandemonium. They can hook up with as many guys as they want, you know, because they they know it's all going to come to an end on Monday morning. That's interesting. So, and and then there are obviously a lot of singles too. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that you can you can kind of run this however you however you want. It usually comes down to managing those social interactions, which is the tough part. Uh, which is, or I should I shouldn't say tough. I should say it's the part that people are usually the most. Uh, the most sk- most afraid of, like you said, is it going to be like the junior high dance mm-hmm. and I'll be the only one not dancing? Or is it going to be like, you know, oh my God, I play Uno, you play Uno, we all play Uno. Yay, let's all play Uno. <laughs> <laughs> so like, do you find at these events, it's usually like, are, is it chasers reaching out for chubs and chubs reaching out for chasers? Or do you, like you made it sound like there were already chaser versus chub clicks. In that, like, you just see a big group of chubs and no chasers there, and is that the case, or it is? Well, there's your junior high, there's your junior high dance. So right? it is. A, there is a junior high element here. Oh okay. no, that's why yeah. I said you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said you are not wrong. Well, and and why is that? It's not the event. It's human beings. Most human beings are still dealing, are still using the same sexual social software that got installed in eighth grade. Well, I mean, we haven't really had a lot of us haven't had the chance to update our software exactly quite as often as, you know, the straight crowds or mainstream gay crowds that just are getting laid left and right everywhere they go. Well, and or sometimes it's just that, you know, you're if you're working behind being okay, you're gay and you are a chub or a chaser, you're Mm -hmm. kind of already working behind two taboos. And so a lot of time that the times that influences our social development and so someone who doesn't have those two taboos to deal with in life can sometimes be more social. But I'm sure we all know, you know, a gorgeous straight person who has a lot of trouble in social situations. You know, it's not <laughs> it's not just that. Oh, um, no, that's absolutely true. The, the most handsome guy I know is the most socially awkward guy. I know. There so. you go. And he's adorable for it, isn't he? He kind of is. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Freaking adorable bastard. Exactly. 
Uh, <laughs> well, and that's something to keep in mind too. When you feel like you're, you know, the the second thumb on the hand. <laughs> yeah, it's helpful to it's helpful to know that that's that's okay to be because there's actually number one people who find that adorable, and two. There's nothing wrong with just being you. There's nothing wrong with being that. It's it's a conversation you're having in your own head, and therefore it's not taking place at the event. It's taking place inside the 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 mindscape of your mm-hmm. of of your head. And th- while you can't tell yourself to stop doing that, you know, I think we have actually talked about this in the podcast, like kind of getting out of yourself, getting out of your yeah. head. You know, I find the most practical way is just look at the other person and ask a question. Or ask yourself the question, what's important to them about that? They're talking about something, right? What's important to them? Or ask them, what is, what do you love about that? Just so it gets you out of you looking at you and gets you invested in the other person. That's generally not something I have an issue with, but that's, yeah, I can see that. that that's interesting. So, Don, what are, what are some of the things that you, because I'm sure people can relate. What are some of the things that either were really big, good, good, big surprises for you at your one event or big, bad surprises? Huh? Um, so the one event I went to was such a weird grab bag of, uh, treatment from people there, right? Where there were a couple people who were super nice, Mm -hmm. but then sort of would vanish quickly, which is fine. And what do you mean vanish quickly? Um, like, so like, uh, I remember I was having a breakfast there. Right. And I was sitting at a table with like six other guys. Mm. Um, it was very nice. And like two of them were chasers who like were being very, very pleasant to me. Let's mm. put it that way. And then basically over the course of the meal, like every one of them caught uh, caught sight of somebody ah. and ran. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so, you know, suddenly like I literally was all of a sudden like the one person at the table, you know, um, having to figure out where do I go next mm-hmm. or going to the dance floor right and uh i didn't know anyone there so i went out onto the dance floor i'm dancing and there there are some people like half the people would either it felt like this is what it felt like Mm -hmm. i'm not going to say this is what happened it felt like half the people just turned their backs to me while i was on the dance floor and the other half of the people just started grabbing me sort of (laughs) in ways i was not prepared for yeah yeah at that time like it was it was just you know i'm so it, it felt like two extremes happening to me at the same time that made it difficult for me to grapple with what was happening in the moment. Yeah. Does that make any kind of sense? It, it completely. Yeah, of course it does. And I think like these are two, two experience, like one, I am never ignored, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am, I am not the kind of person who gets ignored because uh, we will have words or, and I am not the person I, I'm not used to being the person that's being grabbed on. You know, yeah. So yeah. it's two different polar opposite experience just slamming me at the same time, and that was wildly uncomfortable. Yeah, boy, I have so much to say about that. Um, what's useful? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll I'll kind of do a menu, and you you click on what you think is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll check off the right boxes. Okay. So it's like uh, a bit. We we can talk about how that experience is actually very common in all of gaydom. Uh, I haven't been to that many straight events, but I think it happens there too. So, uh, I, I, I don't want, I wouldn't want you to have the impression or people to have the impression that that's, oh, that's, that's a fetishistic chub chaser thing. That actually happens a lot at a gay circuit party at other kinds of dances in the straight world. So there's that, 
we can talk about that if you want. The other thing is um, the that phenomenon of like, oh my God, half these people are ignoring me and half these people want a piece of me. Um, <laughs> yeah. In that in that sort of social context where there's sex in the air and you're at a dance, which is sort of sensual, uh, yeah, that's not an inaccurate perception. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's not that the half didn't want you; it's that the half were busy doing other people. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not saying that any of this was inappropriate. Yeah, I think what I'm looking for is just sort of like tips to cope. Oh, you okay. Know? <laughs> like, well, what do missing, I do? What's missing in that is what I would call intentionality. And it's what do you want to have happen there? Because if you're kind of waiting and if you're in this posture of you're a leaf in the garden, the leaf in the garden is going to get blown wherever it gets blown. Oh, I mean, I'll get blown wherever I get blown. That's fine. I guess what I mean is, you know, <laughs> what do you want to have happen? Do you want to continue? Like there's a chaser who comes by and debt. Do you want to, Do you want to escalate that? If you're waiting for him to escalate that, I've had this experience so many times. I'm attracted to a guy, but I'm getting nothing back. I'm getting neutrality back. And yeah. I can't tell if he's shy or if I'm bothering him. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, you guys know me. I'm, I'm a pretty, <laughs> I won't you're say. You're a subtle wallflower, I know. Yeah, I won't say aggressive, but I'll say I'm not afraid to, to, to speak in, into a space. So. I can actually check on that. Like I have the balls to actually go, am I bothering you? Are you interested in me? Can we have, I mean, I'm like, and I always make it clear. Like I'm, I'm a big boy. I can handle hearing no. Mm -hmm. And no would be, you know, because I certainly don't want to bother you. And usually, you know, you'll, there are some people who cannot say the word no. Yeah. Like, like you invite them to a party and they say, I'll try. <laughs> and, and the RSVP maybe. Yeah, the RSVP yeah. maybe. So so sometimes you have to like no seriously, tell me no. I'll, I mean or or you have a conversation about and and when they say no, you don't just bolt. You have a conversation about something else. Like you mm -hmm. don't just, you know, hang up the phone. Uh but anyway, an intentionality there of like, well what do you want to have happen? Because you're allowed to ask for it and you're allowed to pursue it. What I think happens with you, perhaps, Don, is, I mean, you're, no, you're not shy about asking for you what you want. I think in your case, maybe you don't know what you want. I think that's fair. Well, especially in a strange situation like this. The only other conventions I ever go to, go to are fandom conventions exactly. and work conventions. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's a different social code. So not knowing what's going on, I always feel like I'm sort of, feeling out what's available like I, I don't know what's on the menu for most of these things so I mean I make assumptions but well I'm just uh, suggesting that you can actually have the conversation is this on the menu because <laughs> I'd like it to be hmm well, that's interesting and obviously you have to have your own sort of uh, your own security in that like if you can't it, I, I always say to people don't ask a question you don't want you don't want to know the answer to so if the question is, are you interested in me? You know, there's, there's three possibilities there. Yes, no, and maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so as long as you're cool with the no, it's fair to ask the question. Mm -hmm. What happens a lot of times though, is people are not comfortable with no, they start to make all sorts of judgments about themselves or it's the third no they got today and therefore they're unlovable and they go down this whole gravy train of, of depression. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Yeah, I, I did notice like when I left that convention, like 
there it, people seemed very happy or very sort of like glued to the wall. Yeah, um, it, and, it is like that. It is like that sometimes because people have very, very different experiences just because they're different people. Yeah. I have a tendency to be the person who wants to approach the person on the wall anyway. Mm. Um, I think that's that's sort of my natural inclination is like if there's someone who's looking awkward at a party, I want to be next to them, making them less awkward, you know. And that's wonderful. Uh, and you know what? You can you can be the friend of half the people there just doing that. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> and, you know, and given that there could be 100 guys there and you're friends with 50 of them and you have sex with two of them, that's going to be a great weekend. There you go. Yeah. So and like, OK, so here, here's the weird. Here's a, the most grade school question, the grade school dance question I'm going to ask you. OK, what do I wear? Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, perfect. No, I love that question um, because I would be I would be lying if I didn't admit that I am vain enough to think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have my personal strategy. <laughs> well, I mean, so honestly, so I'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. you want to sort of dress for the encounters you want right so like my everyday clothes are very casual very comfy you know um and i admit i wear a lot of flannel which i probably wouldn't do in new orleans if i go to this Uh, uh, to the new orleans event (laughs) um but like is that am i right that like if i like do i dress sexy for this do i i would say this i would say number one you can't feel sexy if you feel uncomfortable yeah like they're opposites so you can't just, you know, okay, I'm going to buy the skimpiest things I, I can and, and just hope for the best. Uh, if you're not comfortable, no one's comfortable. So yes, you should dress quote unquote sexy, but what does that mean for you? Uh, probably less flannel. Probably, <laughs> I would say, like, here, here would be a daring piece of advice for, for <clears throat> perhaps you, and but definitely a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of chubs have a strategy of t-shirt plus overshirt. Which I am wearing right now. Exactly. So what if you just left the overshirt in the hotel room? You went out Mm -hmm. without it. Now, believe me, it's New Orleans. You're going to probably ditch the overshirt pretty quick anyway, if you're out and about (laughs) in the town. But some people just wearing only one shirt is tantamount to feeling naked for them. Yeah, sure. And I would also say that I would do it not even so much like, will it attract more chasers? Yeah, probably. But that's not even the best reason to do it. You know, the best reason to do it is just so you get to have a choice. And sometimes, you know, you like, I, you know, you try it. It's mm-hmm. you're going to have a reaction to it. It's not going to feel natural because you've spent years not doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's fun to give your, you know, you can't. You don't have a legitimate choice as a human being. If one of the options is impossible. Well, I mean, to me, it sounds like a really good opportunity to just sort of experiment with the clothes I wish I wore. Yeah. I always felt uncomfortable with. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see that. I, I, but I don't know what that is. I'll have to think about that. Well, that's the fun uh, part. You really because I mean, nobody cares if you change your clothes five times a day. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got a pack for that, but <laughs> uh, but really, you could have you could have five different outfits and just you could play you know dress up Barbie all day long. <laughs> if you know if that's if that's what you want to spend your time doing, and that's that's fine. Uh, I know a lot of chubs and chasers that have you know different. Okay, this is what I'm going to wear on our walkabout 
in New Orleans or, you know, the, the excursion. You know, you're going to wear comfortable mm -hmm. shoes, sensible socks, shorts, and whatever you wear on top, right? And, but now we're going into the pool party. Well, you're probably not going to wear the same thing to the pool party. Or maybe you just want to hang out in the hospitality suite. You know, maybe you changed, maybe you didn't. And then there's that dinner at night if you signed up for that. Like, how, what do you want to wear to that? Do you want to get all dressed up? Because nothing looks hotter to me than a well-dressed chub. Or are you like, eh? I've been out all day. I am tired. I'm just going to wear a tank top and, and shorts. That's fun. But you know, I guess the idea, I guess the idea is the whole point of these events. The whole point is that it is a place where gay is normal and fat is sexy. Take advantage of that environment. Dress for that environment. Nice. I will admit it's still scary. I'm still uh, rolling it over in my head, but I am definitely interested after our conversation. So right, cool. what do you think, listeners? Should I uh, should I go to uh, one of these events? I'm looking at one at Palm Springs. I'm looking at one in, in New Orleans. Let me know what you think. Are you going? Let us know. Thanks for listening to us. We're going to be back uh, sometime early June. Um, looking forward to getting another full full person podcast for you and maybe even some podcasts where we all record in the same room again the <gasps> concept so maybe you're listening to your podcast and you hear dan's voice behind you and you turn around and there he is standing with a tank top held out presented to you and he says mm, look out look out